Things get really emotional in Phoenix, but I think people need to calm down about what this game was. Plus, Dallas goes into New Orleans, faces nobody that we recognize, and loses. Uh-oh. And do the Pistons need a number one option still? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA Podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yeah, it's a Wednesday. That means it's us back for, I mean, I missed last week's show because of the, the yeah, you weren't here. <laughs> I wasn't here, but now, now we're, we're ready to start. So nothing mattered before this. Erase all the games. We're starting fresh here because we're back. It's your regular duo on a Wednesday. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Nola Jake. Jake, after that big win, which we'll talk about in the second segment, I'm surprised you're coherent and able to uh, put put full sentences together. I'm, I'm a professional just because I was sitting in the stands after doing the media thing beforehand and had had a nice hard seltzer. I, I took it easy. <laughs> Nothing like pounding a couple of Trulies to uh, get you ready for <laughs> Please sponsor one of us because that would be amazing. I mean, that'd be great. I mean, I'd sit here and crush Trulies the whole time. Uh, why not? Let's uh, get on that. Uh, you guys know what to do. Uh, light schedule in the association. Shocker for us on a Wednesday. Everybody <laughs> on the network is jealous of us. Four games, and we're not even going to touch one of them because it couldn't have mattered less. But we're going to start with the one in Phoenix. This game, the final score, if, you, if you're just waking up and you're looking at the box score and you say, wow, what happened there? It got out of control fast, but it was a, a much tighter game. Seven technical fouls, Jake. Clay Thompson, first ejection. We had multiple ejections now. We had two two ejections from the Celtics the night before. An ejection of Clay Thompson. There's a there's an epidemic of people getting kicked out of games here. It, it was that got that game got chippy in the third oh, quarter. Yeah. I believe is the technical term for all of that. His first ejection ever. Which when you think of like the postseason runs they've gone on, the big games that they've been in, for that to be Clay's first ejection is genuinely surprising. He had some choice words as he was leaving and to get thrown out too. Yeah, I know you weren't in love with this game and these two teams and what people were kind of turning it into. I enjoyed that third quarter where for a moment it felt it felt like there was just like genuine hatred from one side yeah. to the other and I kind of enjoy seeing that type of stuff in the NBA and in any pro sports where these guys are like screw them and they want to <laughs> go out and do something about it and sometimes it just turns into a meltdown but seemed to at one point spark the Golden State Warriors a little bit as they made it a game at one point in the fourth quarter yeah and then it all fell apart where uh, I mean it was 134-105 so I mean that that doesn't quite encapsulate uh, the game, like I said, it was close. And then the Phoenix Suns ran away with it, uh, outscoring the Warriors by 13 in the third quarter, by 10 in the fourth quarter. And that's your, your really your big difference. But no, Jake, I, I didn't like, I, I almost thought like the hype around this got, it started to ruin the game for me, which is, it, I know that's a me thing, but yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. Look, I'm, I'm, I grew up on 80s basketball. So I'm, I'm there. You want to see with, some punches. 
Celtics with the bad boys. Yeah. You know, Robert Parrish, like hammering, like raining blows down on, on Bill Lambeer and not even getting called for a foul. Like that kind of stuff is where I cut my teeth in the NBA. So chippy fine, intense, fine. But for the what fourth game of the season for people to be like, Oh, this should have been the conference finals. But like, no, it shouldn't have because the Suns crapped themselves in that game seven. No, it shouldn't have been the finals because the Suns weren't ready to make the finals. That's yeah. that that kind of stuff. Just when I see it and I hear them talking about, oh, this is like the playoffs. Like, no, it's not. It's October. Let's just enjoy a good basketball game. Yeah. So that's one thing I don't get, right? Like, oh, we should have seen this in the conference finals. Like, no, not necessarily. You can't lose game seven to the Dallas Mavericks in horribly embarrassing fashion and then claim that that team should have been there. I agree with you on that part. You know, when we were planning out the show, John and I are usually texting before how it goes and we have our signature segment, which we'll get into in the third part today, real or fake. And it was like, real or fake is, you know, the Warriors Suns, the next great rivalry in the NBA. And as we're kind of planning this out, I'm like, it's definitely fake. And John texts me back in all caps, fake, fake, fake. And yeah. we couldn't even turn it into a segment to make our life easier here because it's just, because <laughs> it's just not a peek behind the curtain on how, how the sausage gets made. How here. can we but, make our lives as easy as possible? I was like, oh, this is a good one. That's like a nice thing to debate. And like, it's not right. Because you know yeah. what, for it to be a rivalry, you, you got to, play each other either in the finals or the conference finals and that hasn't happened yet mm -hmm. so there's no way it can be a rivalry till we see some postseason battles between these two teams and at this point after last year do you do you trust phoenix in a series like that because i surely nope. don't and so because of that it's just like yeah they they tried to overhype this you know literally one week into the season i'm also not in love with that announcing crew just in general and i think sometimes tuesday nights can be kind of weak on that front just in terms of like purely watching a game and it almost seems like they're talking just to kind of talk not that i know anything about that on a platform <laughs> that a lot of people listen to you know i mean we've got mike sitting in front of our faces and in a record timer that's going. So we've got to keep, we've got to keep talking just to talk, but you know, I, I, I do have to, I like, yes, I, I have to be better about like not letting that affect me when I'm watching a game. I can't help, but just react recoil a little bit because it, it doesn't do, first of all, dis disrespectful to the teams that actually made it past the second round. Right. Like, don't yeah, like what, what does that say about like how they feel about the Dallas Mavericks, right? Like the team right? that beat the Suns. Like, yeah, no, the, the rightful teams are there. There was no referee mistake that kept a team out. All of the teams yeah. that went as far as they did in one were deserving of that. And and also let's the the Suns haven't earned that level of respect in this season either, because this was a great game for, for them. Devin Booker went off, and Devin Booker is an extraordinarily great player. Uh, Chris Paul had a nice game, and he hasn't been having nice games. Like His age has been showing more than ever to start a season uh, when, when he's been theoretically healthy. So th there are certainly questions. That, remember, these are the same Phoenix Suns that came in and were the bad vibes team, and the you know th they have a Big lot time. to get past. So to come in and just treat them like this is oh the, the two eastern uh, two western conference powers like no 
no, this is a good basketball game. It's a good basketball game. And the Suns, to me, they still have to prove they have to prove it because they haven't proved it in in past seasons. They just have not been able to prove it. So prove it to me this season and and stop with the trash talk, stop with all that stuff. Put your head down and and do do what you got to do to win this game, which they did here. That's great. They had uh Clay Thompson got tossed and he was not having a good game. He was two points and a minus 12. Uh the the Warriors had their chances but just couldn't couldn't get it together. Great. Wipe it. I tell you one thing, the Warriors are just moving on from this. This is this is like it's like one of those games where you're playing like a video game and it's just going so wrong. You just like turn off the TV or yeah. like unplug it and you're like, I'm done. I'm done here. I don't care. I'll plug it back in tomorrow and I'll play better or it'll go better, whatever. Like that's kind of what they're doing here. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not elevating the suns. I'm not elevating the suns fair. the way that they were, they were in this game. I'm just not doing it because they, they have not earned that level of elevation. The, the, the Mavericks, have to to some degree other teams in the west not, not after tonight <laughs> not after tonight but other teams in the west have earned um earned their spots and earned their praise phoenix has not proven anything so it, it's just like given given the the bad vibes right you just don't want to give this team the benefit of the doubt yet like i'm not no, ready no. to do that like last year's team during the regular season sure but that changes and then the bad vibes this offseason as you mentioned like it was horrible around there they haven't come back from that yet no they haven't even like DeAndre Ayton comes out late in the game and there's confusion and he has a moment, you know, on the sidelines, you know, and, and, and that's, that still has to work through. I, I hate to say it. Like, and I'm not hating on the Suns. This is just the situation that they're in. You, you have to go out there after everything that you've done. There's, there's just no, we're not giving it to you right now. I'm just not giving it to you right now. You got to go out there and earn it like nice win. Congratulations. Uh, but, there's still I'm not I'm not going playoff atmosphere uh, crazy in October. It's October 26th right now. The Suns are three and one. That's nice. They're in the middle of the mix and 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 they're right there with the New Orleans Pelicans, who Ooh, yeah got to three and one despite uh, missing three 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 starters. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. First. We got to talk about LinkedIn jobs. I come from a small business family. My dad had small businesses. I know what it's like to hire the wrong person and how disruptive that is. Potential hires can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's what this is all about. Access to the best candidates available at LinkedIn jobs. They can do that for you. Super easy to create a free job post. Then you had that purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile that spreads the word that you're hiring. Now, once you have access to all of those great candidates, these simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you need to talk to, and they do it faster. So post your free job post on LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNBA. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockdownNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
We'd love to thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. You can make your second listen Locked On Game to Game NBA. It's right here in the Locked On NBA feed. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So again, it's right here in the Locked On NBA feed. If you're subscribed, you're going to get it. And if you get it, you're going to get the full recap of the LA Clippers and Oklahoma City Thunder, which we are not talking about here. I'm only telling you that the OKC Thunder beat the Clippers, but the Clippers didn't play uh, Paul George, didn't play Kawhi Leonard, didn't play Marcus Morris. Congratulations, the Thunder beat the, the Clippers JV squad. Probably still should beat the Thunder, but hey, they've got pros. They've got some good players. Shea Gilgis Alexander had a 33. Trey Mann had 25. Go to game to game to get the rest of the details there. You'll also find Jake Madison on game to game talking pretty about excited too. <laughs> pretty excited talking about the Pels 113, 111. Also missing players, Jake. No Zion, no Brandon Ingram, no Herb Jones. How, Jake, did you pull <laughs> this one off against the Dallas Mavericks? Look, it, this Pelicans team has felt that they're deep, and you really saw, saw that depth shine through in this. They had eight guys in double figures. That's just the fifth time in franchise history they've ever had something eight. like that occur. Eight guys. Like, I, I just finished wrapping up my show, and I was talking about it, right? Like, this is, like, the definition of a team win. You also had C.J. McCollum, you know, the other guy in their big three, go six of 20 from the field, but he was still just as key as anyone else out out there with his playmaking you had Najee Marshall draw the unenviable position of having to guard Luka Doncic off the you know top of this game he did really well he led the team in plus minus at plus 14 his defense was impactful and though um, I was gonna say Herb Jones I don't know why Luka Doncic scored 37 <laughs> he did a good enough job to limit him and everyone else you had Trey Murphy the third a guy they're really high on be a perfect eight of eight in this game from the field four four from three he takes some deep threes too. 22 points from him Jonas Valanciunas was useful in minutes against JaVale McGee and Christian Wood and then when they realized he was ineffective they subbed in Larry Nance Jr. who's just a more mobile big who can go guard on the perimeter and doesn't need to be in drop coverage all the time and then you have Jose Alvarado who started the game and scored nine straight points and like embarrassed JaVale McGee like three or four times just kind of literally dribbling a circle around him and then scoring so it's just everyone contributing in a bunch of different ways and the Pelicans kind of showing off this depth that they really feel they have and then the final shot you know, Dallas gets the ball down too, and it's just the most predictable thing in the world. You know, a, above the break three from Luka Doncic fade away from like 30 feet, which, you know, you knew he was going to do that, whether it was a two-point game or a three-point game, and they defended it well. Um, Hey, look, as a guy who covers the Celtics, I knew exactly what Luka Doncic was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and when he missed it, I said to myself, oh, of course, now he misses it because that's a shot he's hit probably four times against the Boston Celtics. So, yeah, we all knew it was coming. That's his sweet spot, right, especially down that left side. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he he missed it. And, look, that, that first quarter for the Pels, amazing. 40-point first quarter. 40 points. And that, that should be embarrassing for the Dallas Mavericks, a team that hangs their hat on defense. But this is the classic letdown. You walk into the gym. You say, wow, no Zion. Wow. No Ingram, no hurt. Oh, immediately you see the, the Mavericks go, all right, all right, all right, cool. All right. 
and and you get burned you get burned by that and it's it's hard when you're giving the other team that confidence to get that back once they feel once they feel that confidence going you can't turn that water off sometimes and it's it's one of the most dangerous things because players consistently do this when the other team is shorthanded and coaches will always say no don't do that because that means two three guys who don't normally get opportunities are going to ball out they are going to try they're playing for minutes in a rotation spot and money in the future exactly exactly and this game was on tv man you're you're not like this is a tnt game so you know what i mean so when when you're when you're at the end of the bench and you're like oh oh i'm getting minutes and on tnt everybody can watch this game yeah you get you gotta prepare yourself when you're a team like the mavericks for a punch in the mouth because that's coming it's funny because the pelicans have like routinely just had injuries on their national TV games on TNT. And I joked on Twitter that like TNT is going to actually sue the Pelicans eventually <laughs> if Zion keeps not playing on TNT when they're scheduling these like great matchups, Luca, Zion, Luca, yeah. and Brandon Ingram. And you don't get any of that. And this one ended up being a good game, which was kind of fun in this. But to your point about them, you know, maybe not being prepared, it happened a couple of times in the game too. The Pels were up by as many as 16, 17 in this one. And then you saw the Dallas Mavericks storm back can get a seven point lead in the second half and at that point you know it seemed like maybe the pelicans were cooked and that dallas would be able to cruise to a win and they probably got complacent to a certain degree again and that re and then you know the pelicans just fought harder than that team did and that's what nick angstad of locked on nba here with us and locked on mavs said in his uh minute clip which you can find on game to game nba saying that the new orleans pelicans came in and just kind of punched this team in the face and dallas just wasn't ready for it and New Orleans kept swinging and they won the game because of that and when you have guys that can go out and score and do things well they'll certainly be able to do it and then Dallas just got no help from some of their guys JaVale McGee was awful awful (laughs) and I know they really like Christian Wood off the bench he had 23 points in this game but man, I don't, I, I don't quite get that JaVale McGee signing. I guess it's like a rim runner pick and roll guy with Luca to just throw lobs to, but he looked washed in this one. And mm-hmm. if they, they don't get off to the hot start, if he's not out there on the court, they just sub him out after like three minutes. He was playing so badly. And then Reggie Bullock just couldn't hit anything. He's one of six from three, one of eight from the field in this one. So when those guys don't show up, you know, it's almost like they were playing down two starters in a sense there too. It's so wild because you say, if if you set up this game and you say the Pelicans were missing these three guys and the Luka Doncic dropped 37 points on 53% shooting, Christian Wood added 23 off the bench, you'd be like, oh, okay. So this is very you're, – you're, you're leading up to Dallas wins by 13. And, it seems like that, right? You know, this like, should have been a scheduled loss for New Orleans. There's oh. a reason they didn't play Zion in this. He could have played. He's going to play on Friday in their next game. They could have played him. And I think they looked at this and were like, that's not going to happen. So we don't need to worry about it. Right. But, you know, the, the, the type of, well, first of all, Luca, two of 13 from three. So 13 three pointers when you're, when you're shooting 53% and you're 15% from three, maybe you should have attacked a little bit more. I know that's a joke that the, uh, the locked on Mavs guys say everybody, every time 
that uh, Luca takes a three, people say he should attack more. But, uh, but yeah, that you need you need to get those contributions. And 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 the Pelicans, you know, to their credit, they got it from everybody. It really is amazing to see everybody except Jackson Hayes get double digits. The just nice contributions over and over and over again. You shoot fifty eight percent. You shoot forty four percent from three. You had everything working. It was a nice win. It's it's weird because they didn't rebound well, which is one of their like big strengths. So this is just like a very uncharacteristic win for this team. But you've got to be able to get those for a team that, you know, has strong aspirations for what they can do in the postseason and, you know, still integrating Zion back. So if you can get these type of wins, you take them. I'll tell you because I know who you've got to do the sponsorship next for of Bet Online. I was talking to a couple of the Pels media and no one was thinking they were going to win. And like three of them went to Bet Online and took Luka Doctor's over under, I think, at 40 i feel like they're a little bit burned after that one but it's the right idea it was close they got really good odds on it <laughs> yeah well oops hey you gotta you gotta take the chance you know that's that's something that uh i wouldn't have i, I probably would have taken that bet why not uh, oh yeah I, I said it was the right move and then 37 so close so close so close by the way betonline.net is your number one source for betting uh including obviously the nba but football Right in the middle of football season, you can bet on the World Series, uh, all the fights, MMA, boxing, golf, whatever, everything you can find there at Bet Online. It's the place to find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in depth analysis, plus sports wagering information, all the analysis, live betting, up to the minute scores. You can do uh, live in game betting. You can bet, you could have gone in there after the first quarter and bet on the rest of the game there on the uh, Pelicans and Mavs. So head on over to the website, betonline.net. Use your mobile device if you'd like to. BetOnline is where the game starts. Of course, we ask you to please gamble responsibly. Let's bring Jake back in. But first, let's remind everybody that Locked On Sports Today is a great second listen after this show. Locked On Sports Today has all the games that matter from all sports, the biggest stories across the sports world, beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes, local experts and insights only Locked On can, can provide. Locked On Sports Today available right here, wherever you got this podcast, even if you're watching on YouTube. The last game of the night was the Detroit Pistons losing to the Washington Wizards and an ugly one, 120 to 99. The Washington Wizards are three and one, three and one. So kudos to the Wizards, but the Detroit Pistons. Now, no one expected the Pistons to win a ton of games, but I think people expected them to be better than one in three with a minus 12.5 point differential and just not looking good at all. So in this game, uh, the you got Bradley Beal uh, coming up big, uh, even though he came out with uh, with a, a stiff back. You had um, Denny Abdia playing some pretty good defense. You got big contributions from Kyle Kuzma. Uh, just ni a nice performance across the board. But Jake, the Pistons struggling again. Cade Cunningham was uh, okay. Okay. He had, he, had, he had numbers, 19 points, three rebounds, three assists, but a minus 18 and just an overall, just a slow start for, for Cade Cunningham in a slow start. I'd listen to uh locked on Pistons. So Kuka Hill for the, uh, the game to game 
his his game to game, and it was just basically about fifty seconds of him going, I, I don't I don't know. I, I just so I'm so depressed right now. So things aren't great for the Pistons. They're not great for the Pistons. The question is right now, is Cade Cunningham getting too much of the blame here? Is he getting too much of the blame? And let's just let's just throw the real or fake out there right now. Real or fake, the Detroit Pistons are still looking for their number one option. It's that's a good one, right? Like that's a good question. I could go and make a soundbite and say Cade Cunningham's going to be a bench player for his career and be a, be an empty stats guy after that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that because I I don't think we can know just yet. It's his second year. He was the number one overall pick for a reason. But when you look at his numbers this year, and you know, in this game, 19 points on nine, 19 shots is not good efficiency and not what you want. And on the season, he's averaging 18.3 on 17 shot attempts. He's shooting under 40% from the field, though shooting better from three than he did last year. Those aren't horrible but they're they're certainly not good you know those are things that he can improve upon as a second year player and it's still early in the season but right now it kind of makes you you look at him a little bit and you look at some of the losses they have we weren't expecting the Washington Wizards to be competitive like this but they've also lost to the Pacers who are going to be one of the worst teams in the league this year we think they lost to the Knicks a team that I don't really buy into that much after the last year that they had you know if you're losing those kind of games and you're having inefficient shooting performances during those games that makes me worry so I don't know if this is full-on fake or I don't know if it's full-on true that they need another one another option but it's certainly not fake either it's still kind of right in that middle area of we don't know just yet yeah that that it's i don't think it's an answerable question right now can they can they use a, a number one if a number one option if uh i don't know seven foot four number one option comes along could they use them yeah yeah if, would they happily move Cade cunningham over to the second option in that situation yeah but can they be a good basketball team with Cade Cunningham as your main guy, I, I think they can. And I think that it's, I, I want to say it's, it's more fake than real with the obvious caveat that if a better player comes along in the draft and you slide Cunningham over to the second option, then, then great. That's fine. It like if they got take Wembenyama out of the mix for a second, if they sure. got like the number one overall pick in like an average year, right? Would you be like, oh, they gotta take this guy, or would it be like, oh, they should entertain trading this and getting more help, let's say, or something along those lines, right? And like if it's like, oh, they definitely need to use it, then it's like, oh, there there's some concerns about Cade there, and that's clearly kind of the approach that they're taking. You know, it, it's an unanswerable question, but it's an it's a question. It's a question right now, and that's probably not ideal for the Detroit Pistons, but there's also still plenty of time to turn it around. This wasn't like Zion Williamson coming in and being like, oh, this dude's going to be really good. It's it's not quite the same where I look at like Bancaro this year, and I'm like, oh, solid yeah. NBA guy that you can build a team around. And that's where it's like, oh, that's not what you want out of a number one overall pick, I guess. But it doesn't mean it's bad and that his career's over or he's going to have a bad career. I don't. I just don't think that that Cunningham was ever the kind of player that was going to be like a 25 point and a bad team guy like that. I don't think the the knock, I'm going to say knock, but the, the, 
the expectation of him coming in into the league wasn't big high level score. He's he's a guy that can get to his spots and score, sure, but he's also a guy that's going to distribute. He's a guy that has the, you know, I don't want to I, I don't want to put him in the Luca category, but he's out of that Luca mold where he's he's just kind of he he can do a lot of things and he can make a team better. Now, obviously, Luca is much more advanced. I don't want to make it sound. I want to be very clear about what I'm saying. You don't get in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, well, because yeah, people, okay, Cunningham's Luca, Luca Doncic, like no, but that it's it's in that it's in that sphere, it's in that mold. You, you, I don't think it's fair to have the second year discussion of Cade Cunningham when it's on a team like the Pistons. And also, hey, they're missing Alec Burks. They're missing Marvin Bagley. Uh, Killian Hayes is has been a complete disaster so far, and I don't know if he's going to be able to pull it together. There, There's a lot that's going on. There are a lot of moving parts. It's not like this is a team that came into the season with, hey, they've got this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. they got a yeah, ton well, of expectations. The low expectations help, right? Like that's kind of big on this, that it lets him kind of grow and make mistakes. And it's okay, and it gives him time to come along. If they had a ton of other pieces and it was like, oh, we expect them to make the playing tournament or the postseason, we'd be looking at this being like, what is going on with Cade? And this is going to tank them in a sense. Yeah, I just think that Cade is a guy that's going to set up his teammates. And it's a miracle to me that he's even averaging seven assists a game this season. It's, it's, you got to have teammates that know where to be. You have to have teammates that know how to finish. You have to have teammates that can hit the shots when you give them the ball. So for a player like Cunningham, the jury is very much still out. As it should be. Right. And, and he's, he's just not going to be the exciting high level, um, LaMelo ball type. He's not going to be that guy. He's just not going to be, he doesn't have a lot of flair. He's the guy that's just, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to be the quiet guy. I'm going to come in there. I'm going to do my work. And then when the game is over, when, when I think he reaches his full potential, it's like, oh, wow, 23, 10 and eight or something like that. It's going to be those types of numbers. And it's going to be a, a little bit more efficient than what he's doing. And maybe he can he can get that that three pointer to fall and that that'll help. But you can't you can't put anything on him. That's you can't look at this Pistons team and be like, well, he's the reason why they're disappointing. I think he's I think with better teammates, eventually things are going to open up for him. And the type of player that he is, I I don't see the bad team being a place for him to thrive. He he definitely needs to have a the guys who open things up for him a little bit and the guys who can finish the plays that he's making. So I, I, I do right. think Danovich has been guy. pretty bad for them for the most part. Look bad in preseason too. So like, yeah, I, I get that. It's a point guard, right? On a, on a team, you, you need good teammates. That's kind of how it goes, you know, when you're yeah. dishing assists and they got to hit their shots and things like that. And if they're not, well, you're going to look worse off than you are. And it probably makes it easier to defend you if you're the main number one option on a team, you know, and it's not like they're scrubs there. I'm a big beef stew guy, you know, Bogdanovich, when he plays they well, can talent. play well. 
Like, I like Sadiq Bey, but he's a role player more so than anything else, and teams aren't going to focus on him. So, yeah, it makes sense that he's struggling. It's definitely, it's fake, right? Like, we, we, we don't know yet. He, we don't need to say this yet and kind of put that, like, exclamation point, that stamp on his career already. Right, right. Look, you got Jaden Ivey, who is trying to figure things out. You got Jalen Duran, who, you you know, a couple of guys that you picked up in this draft that are rookies, and they're going to make a ton of mistakes. Guys are turning the ball over before Cade Cunningham could even do something sometimes. So it's 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 too much. It's just too much. Um, I and I, I just kind of like I only because I saw some of that kind of talk out there that it's it's a good good time to nip it in the bud. Pistons, I think, are gonna be okay. Pistons are are gonna be fine. I like what the Pistons are doing. Jake, I also like what we did today. Awesome. I just I just had a fun time. Talking basketball for 30, us. <laughs> 33 minutes at this point. So I uh, hope everybody enjoyed us doing that as well. As almost always on Wednesdays, I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Remember, every one of these teams is covered by a great local expert hosting a podcast for you Monday through Friday, 30 minutes approximately per podcast. I, I, I say approximately because we always have a tendency to creep past that 30 minutes. So, but we're, we're in that range. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. It's, uh, it's Nick Angstead and Pat the Designer tomorrow. They have a lot of fun there. They'll count it up tomorrow. So make sure you're subscribed everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. And make sure you share the podcast, tell your friends and family and everybody, they should be listening to the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.